Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak about all things health and well-being. My name is Reese, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm Ashley, pronouns also she, her, hers. And we're both well-being peer educators at UC San Diego. And on this episode of Live Well, Be Well, we'll be discussing the importance of sleep and strategies for improving sleep outcomes in honor of National Sleep Week. So we hope you get inspired, we hope you feel connected, and we hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. So let's talk about sleep. I recently listened to an amazing podcast and read an article from The Model Health Show by Sean Stevenson on the importance of sleep. Sean Stevenson is a nutritionist, wellness expert, best-selling author, and creator of The Model Health Show. He's a graduate of the University of Missouri-St. Louis with a background in biology and kinesiology and has spoken on TEDx. So going off of this, we have 10 tips to help you all get the best sleep ever. So starting off with tip number one, which arguably might be the most important, is to know the value of sleep. So Sean Stevenson says that high quality sleep fortifies your immune system, balances your hormones, boosts your metabolism, increases your physical activity, and improves the function of your brain. And according to a lot of sources, it's recommended that the average person gets about seven to nine hours of sleep. And according to the National College Health Assessment, sleep difficulties was the third leading factor impacting academic performance, only preceded stress and anxiety. So it's pretty obvious that sleep not only helps you physiologically, but also could help your academic performance. Yeah, Ashley, I can definitely relate to, you know, getting those seven to nine hours of sleep is something super important. Um, I definitely noticed that like my mood is a lot better when I really prioritize my sleep. And with that being said, our second point of our top 10 tips to get the best sleep is to get more sunlight during the day. So according to wellness expert, Sean Stevenson, sunlight provides the natural spectrum of light that we need to help coordinate the cycle of melatonin production. So melatonin is super important to our bodies because this is sort of our sleep hormone. So in that sense, when melatonin is released, your body is sort of getting ready to go to sleep. So by getting that vitamin D and all of that sunlight, it's helping your body produce this critical sleep hormone. And I think this is a great point too. Um, I know personally, if I can't go outside Um, and exercise in the sunlight. I definitely try to study in a brightly lit room. Um, Sometimes my kitchen, just because I can open the blinds and like the screen door, sometimes hear the birds sing. Um, And I feel like sunlight just helps me be overall more productive when I'm studying throughout the day. And now moving on to tip number three, um, we have to avoid your screen, um, especially because artificial blue light can be emitted by these electronic screens. And this triggers your body to produce more daytime hormones, such as cortisol, which is our stress hormone, and can disorient your body's natural preparation for sleep. And this um, information comes from Harvard Health. So um, one of the tips that we have for you to help um, at least deal with screen, because that's obviously inevitable um, in today's online education, is to use a blue light blocker. Um, and Flux is a free app on MacBooks that serves as a blue light blocker. Um, or another more um, portable way to do this would be to invest in blue light glasses, especially if you have a laptop and maybe you want to go outside or just if it's nighttime. 
Um, I know personally, I have blue light glasses and I feel um, really smart when studying just because I don't normally wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, Ashley, I can totally relate to um, definitely trying to avoid the screen before going to bed. Something that I've utilized in quarantine is like a 30 minute to 60 minute no tech rule before going to sleep. And this is something that's really helped me um, rather than like aimlessly scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or doing homework right before bed. I really try to work to have um, a safe space right before I go to sleep where I'm kind of avoiding all that tech. And I definitely am utilizing blue light glasses as well. So with that being said, our fourth point to get the best sleep ever is to have a caffeine curfew. So according to Sean Stevenson, you know, it's really important to set a caffeine curfew. Um, for most people, he recommended that you should stop drinking caffeine between 3 and 4 p.m. Um, I know for me personally, I'm very sensitive to caffeine, whether that's coffee or tea. And so I really try to avoid it, you know, honestly, from like 12 p.m. and beyond. But I know that everybody's body is different. Um, but caffeine definitely can negatively impact your sleep routine. Um, it can actually keep you up rather than allowing the melatonin to be produced in your body. So I know that, you know, being careful with caffeine is something um, y'all should definitely be considering. I know that's a good point. Um, I know me personally, I am not very sensitive to caffeine. Um, I do consider myself a pretty avid coffee drinker. Um, but I believe that usually around when the sun goes down, I do try and switch over to drinking more water and leaving my coffee mug behind um, just because I know that caffeine late at night could potentially affect my quality of sleep. So I just try and remind myself to hydrate um, more with water. Um, and so that will lead us to our next tip, number five, which is to try and go, in bed, go to bed at the right time. Um, and our expert, Sean Stevenson, says that humans get their most significant hormonal secretions and recovery by sleeping during the hours of 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah, so I can definitely relate to this. Um, I think going to bed at the right time is totally crucial for how you're going to um, interact and communicate with yourself and other people the next day. Um, I really think it's super important to, you know, if you can, depending on the week and what you have going on, try to get to bed by 10, 30, 11 PM. I think that would be totally awesome. With that being said, our sixth point for our top 10 tips to get the best sleep ever is to try to sleep in a fully dark environment. So our expert, Sean Stevenson was really talking about how Keeping your room dark allows your skin and melatonin to get your body prepped and ready to go to sleep. So when there's a lot of light in your room, your skin has receptors in that take in this light and help keep you awake because it thinks that your body is trying to um, deal and act as if it were daytime. So when you have a lot of light in your room, whether you're studying or you have a big lamp, um, this is negatively impacting your sleep routine and your body hormones. So something that Sean Stevenson really recommended was to try to keep your room dark right before you're going to go to sleep and also keep your room cool. He mentioned that an ideal room temperature would be about 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and in addition to this, he also mentioned that it's really important to create a sleep sanctuary when you're ready to go to sleep. So this means turning your lights off, making sure you have a window open or you have some air conditioning available to you. 
Um, and also that you're keeping those electronics either out of your room or completely silenced so you're not interrupted during your sleep. And lastly, Stevenson mentioned that it's really important that you use your bed for sleep and sex only. Um, I know that it's super tempting to study in bed or to watch Netflix right before you go to sleep, but if y'all can kind of stick to these few tips of keeping your room dark, avoiding tech, and just using your bed just for sleep, um, I think y'all will definitely see improvements in your sleep cycle. I agree. And I think all of those are really important points, especially I've, I recall with my first year of living um, on campus and in a dorm, um, it might be difficult with some roommates to be able to control your sleep environment because you have all of these external factors that you can't necessarily control. Um, so I know personally, investing in like a sleep mask or like some earplugs or even just like having a conversation like with your roommate um, so you can kind of set those sleep boundaries um, and just being really open about that. I think all of those really help solidify getting a good quality of sleep. Um, and then moving on to our next tip, tip number seven is to get exercise. So, um, and you can really doing this by training hard or train hard, but smart. So you don't need to spend two to three hours in the gym every day going crazy. Um, it can be as simple as just making sure that you're getting movement, which I think is mo the most important part, especially since a lot of us are really sedentary nowadays and aren't able to maybe go outside or even just have a lot of free time. Um, so some examples that we have for y'all are yoga, stretching, a 10 minute walk outside just, or even in between study breaks, you know, taking a lap around the house, walking up and down the stairs, or even lunging up and down the stairs if you can. Um, I think just movement in general, um, when you can fit it in is just great. Yeah, Ashley, I definitely can relate to this. Um, when I get more exercise in my weeks, I definitely notice um, an improvement in my sleep. So it definitely, you do not have to spend hours on end working out or running around your neighborhood doing a bunch of cardio because that's just going to tire you out. But if you can really focus on moving your body, whether it's a quick break from studying or doing work to um, actually like doing a workout, you know, whether that's like a 30 minute or 60 minute routine that you have, that's really going to help improve your sleep. So with that being said, let's move into our eighth tip. And that is to have a high protein, low carb snack before bed. So according to Sean Stevenson, our health expert, giving your body a solid 90 minutes more is better before heading off to bed after eating is truly ideal. So with this being said, I know something that works for me is that, you know, if I find myself getting hungry, you know, whether that's a few hours before bed or kind of close to bedtime, I like to have a little snack um, depending on the time, but I really enjoy having like a yogurt bowl. Um, I use like plain Greek yogurt, might put like some banana in it and maybe like some nuts, like walnuts or almonds. And that really helps um, keep me full because it's very high in protein. Um, if it's a little bit closer to bedtime, and something that I tend to do just to kind of help my body relax is actually drink hot tea. You know, I make sure that it's not caffeinated and some teas that I really enjoy are like lavender chamomile tea and also peppermint. I definitely love peppermint tea myself. Um, and if I do recall, another sort of tip on a sleep snack um, was actually recommended by the AP Psych teacher. And I remember her telling us that about half of a turkey sandwich and a glass of warm milk before bed 
really helped um, people feel like they were get their body in that sort of sleep mode. Um, I know Turkey does have that tryptophan amino acid that does help you feel a little bit sleepy. Um, and my AP psych teacher was a therapist, and I know she recommended this to her patients when they had trouble sleeping. Um, and I think another part of it was just if they sort of had this on a regular basis and created this sort of routine, it would definitely help their body sort of realize, okay, it's time to start winding down, getting ready for bed, um, and sort of put them in this mindset like, okay, we can, you know, start going to sleep. And so that being said, we'll go into tip number nine, which is to meditate or journal. And it doesn't have to be a 30 minute to an hour meditation. It can be anything from even five to 10 minutes or possibly whatever you have time for. Um, and this can also even extend to static stretching um, where maybe you're just focusing on your breathing and how um, your body feels at that time and just really focusing on getting loose and releasing all those stressed or tight joints, um, or even gratitude journaling, which is also great. And just being able to reflect on the positives of your day and on what went right, um, even if they are really small points. Yeah, Ashley, I can definitely relate to this point. Um, I've really found that meditating right before bed has been something really helpful for me during quarantine. Um, sometimes I'll just do like a five minute meditation or sometimes I'll gratitude journal and just kind of pick three things in the day that I've been you know, grateful for, whether that's the sunshine, my family, or just being able to attend school and study, even if it's from home. With that being said, we're coming to our last point, tip number 10, and that is to maintain a consistent bedtime routine. So this is probably the hardest point, but definitely probably the most important in the sense that having a good bedtime routine will really allow you to be more organized in a lot of other aspects of your life. I've definitely noticed that personally, when I really focus on getting that seven to nine hours of sleep, that I do a lot better in kind of getting my schoolwork done, making sure that I am keeping myself clean and in check, you know, making sure that my own room is clean, that I'm being respectful of the other people I'm living with, et cetera. So I've definitely just noticed that having that bedtime routine just makes me a lot better person in other aspects of my life. I agree 100%. Um, just like you said, Reese, I think that this point really helps sort of pull everything together. Um, and, you know, on like YouTube or like lifestyle bloggers, like you'll hear a lot of them say, oh, this is my morning routine or this is my study routine. Um, but I think it's also important to have a bedtime routine just because it really helps you, like you said, be organized, um, which maybe a lot of people underserve um, their need for sleep, which clearly is so important and helps us function and prepare for the next day. And um, that being said, sleep in general is just great. Yeah, totally. And something else that I want to add is sort of like a bonus tip for y'all. Um, Ashley and I wanted to mention sort of like a add-on accessory or something that can help level up your sleep. Um, I know something that I really like to use to kind of help get me ready to go to sleep is a neck pillow. This is something totally extra, but it definitely helps like support my neck from all the tension it's had through the day, whether that's working out or studying or just kind of being in that bent over like sitting position. 
um, having that neck pill, like right before I go to sleep, if I'm journaling or I just have a candle lit or something like that, it definitely helps just kind of relax me and get me in the mood to go to sleep. What about you, Ashley? I know for me personally, I do have a weighted blanket. I got it for Christmas. Um, and I was so excited when I got it because I had wanted a weighted blanket for so long. And I think personally, it does help me sleep a little bit better. Not really sure why or maybe the exact science behind it, but it just makes me feel comfortable. And I think having like that specific blanket um, or like being able to use it just is like another signal for my body to be like, okay, we, we're ready to go to bed now. Yeah, for sure. I know that my sister actually has a big weighted blanket too. And this is not scientific, but her love language is touch. And she described that using the weighted blanket kind of makes her feel like she's getting a big hug right before she goes to sleep. So with that being said, y'all, this is coming to an end of our Live Well, Be Well podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to learn more about health-related topics and well-being, there's so much more to come. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook under UCSDWPE. Stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. And until next time, be kind, be true, be you. And remember, to be well is to live well.